Welcome to another insightful episode of Grandma Says. And here's Grandma. All right, y'all. We are in a heat wave. (laughs) So this podcast is uh, basically titled How to Handle the Heat Wave. Or basically what Grandma says you should do in order to handle this heat wave. Uh, this shouldn't really take that long because most of it should be basic information and hopefully, um, you know, it's, yeah, it's kind of like basic information. So let's get started. Um, first things first is you want to make sure that you don't overdo anything and you do everything in uh, what I would call moderation. It is very easy to get stuck on overboard and, you know, want to live in the refrigerator. Um, let's not do that. So with your kids, you want to offer a cool bath, not a cold bath. And by cold, I mean, don't do things like add ice cubes to a bath and all that sort of thing. Uh, you can have just as negative an effect trying to freeze somebody when they're hot as you would trying to um, immediately heat somebody up when they're cold. You don't want massive or extreme temperature changes. Uh, You want to keep their clothes to a minimum. So if that means everyone's running around in bathing suits and and diapers, great. Uh, That's a, a very easy way to cool down the body a little bit. You want to stay in cool spaces, but not cold. In other words, do not try to sit on top of and live next to your air conditioner. What you want to do is maintain a regular temperature in your space as much as possible. That may mean turning the AC off, believe it or not, and turning on fans instead. Oftentimes, circulating the air will help more than creating more heat by trying to generate Um, what do you call that? Artificial air, which is what comes from your air conditioner. When you have small children, by the way, if you're using an air conditioning unit that has, um, I don't know, it's not antifreeze, it's Freon or something. Sometimes the smell from that can cause children to behave erratically. Um, It's not all kids and it's, it's not super common, but there are people who have exhibited behavior changes when it comes to being exposed to the types of gases that are that come off of things like air conditioners. So be a little mindful of that. Like if, if you notice that they're really just off the chain, then it could be something that simple. Hydrate externally as often as desired. Uh, this can be a fun thing to do. Keeping water bottles around that just have cool water in them and then spraying yourself and spraying your kids every now and then, and then wiping everyone down with cool washcloths. Um, it can turn into a fun little game. You can use squirt guns. You can, you know, just kind of play around with it. But the idea is to get the hydration on the outside of the skin, which will go into your pores and will help to manage um, hydration. If your kids have longer hair, then you may want to take it and tie it up and get it off the skin or, you know, put it under a bun. And and you can wear a hat, but hats, uh, hats are questionable. It would depend on what it's made of. Um, because if you're wearing hats indoors, it can lead to sweating. And even though sweating is good in some circumstances, you don't want excessive sweating when you're dealing with a heat wave. Um, 
putting your kids, uh, toddlers, in bathing suits, that's a great way for them to play with all the water all day long and it not make as big of a mess. It's a lot easier to, to dry out a bathing suit than it is to try to dry wet jeans and, and T-shirts, and it's a little too hot for jeans anyway. Uh, some water play would be great this time of year. So if you can go out in the backyard and or even indoors, doesn't matter. You can inflate a pool and fill it with cool water. Um, you can allow the kids to play in water, like, like little trays of water, and give them little ducks and plastic things that they can dip in the water. Um, you want to make sure when they're done with water play that it is fully empty, turned upside down so it can dry out. And that's just to avoid breeding grounds for pests because you don't want to deal with that after the fact. Um, other ways to externally uh, hydrate, because uh, kids, most kids are not going to want to drink water all day. And depending on their age, you may not want to give them water anyway. Um, I already have a podcast on whether or not you should give infants water. So if you have a newborn, check that one out to find out, you know, if you should and how often. If you have a toddler or older, however, water is great. They can have it as much as you want them to have it. If you're using sippy cups, you can even put ice in it and just make sure they can't open the cup, though. And then the sippy cup design will keep the ice from coming out so you don't have to worry about them getting small chunks of ice or choking on it. Um, but you do want to check it often because once it starts to melt, then naturally take it from them and add more liquid or, you know, you know, you just don't want the tiny chips to get through the holes, which typically they can't, but just to be on the safe side, monitor it. Um, a good way to get liquids into a child is to give them popsicles, freezy pops, and ice cream, and you can encourage them to eat these cool, lightweight foods. Um, most of the time when kids, and even adults, when they start to get hot, they don't want to eat. Their appetite will, may start to fall off. So the idea of, yeah, we're all going to go and have fried chicken and potatoes, and you know, they're probably not going to eat that. Even hamburgers, fries, and Happy Meals are not that appetizing when you're hot. So... Don't try to force them to eat all that heavy food. And it's not really a good idea to eat heavy food during a heat wave anyway, because your body really, in a way, needs to kind of fast a bit. And of course, fasting is where you reduce how much you're eating or not eat at all. Uh, you don't want to not eat at all during a heat wave. I'm just saying that's what fasting is. <laughs> okay. So what kinds of foods are easy to eat and to get your kids to eat? Um, you could try things like Encrustables, which I, I love those things. You can, there are little peanut butter and jelly sandwiches that don't have crust and they're like pre-packaged, like a little pocket, like a pita. You leave them in the freezer and when you're ready to eat it, you just thaw it for a few seconds or minutes and then you can eat it. Um, you know, there I'm, I'm going to say it depends on where you live as to whether or not they're affordable or cheap or whether they're a little too pricey. Around here, it varied. At one point, they were extremely affordable, and I love them. Then at some point, I think somebody mistook peanut butter and jelly for, you know, lobster because suddenly it was really way too expensive. Um but I think they've gone back to normal pricing. Not sure. Not going to go into that. Point being, that's an easy thing to get your kid to eat. And since it's cold, they're more than likely willing to eat it without you having to, you know, chase them around the house. Um, some other great substitutes for food would be applesauce, fruit cups, or dry cereal that they can feed on their own. 
any kind of finger food is great to have just around so that during the day when they feel like eating, they'll eat, but you're not forcing them to sit down and consume a whole meal in this type of heat. Um, we already discussed uh, giving them small quantities of water and how you can add ice. Um, and as toddlers, if they start to like water, which is a good thing if they do, then you can let them have as much of it as they want. Um, you know, they're because they're not really going to overdose on water at that age. Um, I mean, unless they're taking a TikTok challenge. And if your kid is old enough for TikTok challenges, then, yeah, they're probably not using a sippy cup. At least I hope not. Uh, okay. The other thing is you don't want them to do a lot of running around, but you still want them to remain somewhat active. So quiet activities, puzzles, drawing, reading something, building with, you know, blocks and things like that. The reason to avoid the running is because children don't know when they're overheating. So they could run and actually have a heat stroke. It has been known to happen. If you're going to play, try to play indoors in cool spaces versus going outside, running around in this heat and then adding sunlight to it. Not a good idea. Um, another thing is when possible, allow for extra sleep time. Now you want to monitor their breathing when they're sleeping. Um, because if you find that they're panting or mouth breathing, and I don't mean normal mouth breathing, if that's how they normally sleep, great. But if you see the panting type, like they're, they're struggling to get air, um, or if their mouth is dried out and there's very little saliva, these are signs of early stage of dehydration or difficulty breathing. So you want to make sure that you're monitoring them as they sleep, even if you're allowing them to sleep longer. The biggest thing to help fight um, heat waves would be to remain distracted. Don't think about the heat a lot. Try to focus on other things. Play some of your favorite music, songs, and dancing. Now, you might say, why are you saying me instead of the kid? Because believe it or not, whatever your emotions are will affect the emotions of the children around you. So if you are upbeat and happy, the kids will be upbeat and happy. If you're sitting around complaining the whole day and, and slamming things and, you know, banging your head against the wall, the kids may not know why you're doing it, but they know you're doing it and will often mimic you. So, and you don't want them doing that. You want to keep your routine as close to normal as possible. Just use a slower version of it and try not to panic. If you don't panic, then they won't panic. Uh, monitoring your own temper is one of the most important things that you can do during a heat wave. Um, if you're getting angry, then the heat is going to cause angers and emotions to go higher. Sometimes it means giving yourself, your spouse, and your kids a break from one another. This is not cuddle time. It is too hot for everyone to sit around on top of each other like puppies. So let everyone hang out at arm's length. Do something you enjoy to pass the time. Uh, some great things to do would be, you know, even Play-Doh. That's and claymation or something that just keeps you busy until the heat starts to subside. Um, now, if you're giving your child foods to eat that they're not accustomed to, then it's a good time to introduce new foods, but just be cautious. Um, like if you're going to give a toddler a veggie tray, Make sure the veggies are cut in proper proportion for a toddler, as in carrot sticks are fine, but you need to watch it and they need to be small, the little thin carrot sticks, not the big thick ones that can get caught in their throats. 
if you're going to use dips and things, make sure it hasn't gone bad or it hasn't set out because with the temperatures being as hot as they are, it's not the same as having, you know, an egg salad sandwich that sits on the counter for, you know, 20 minutes on a in regular temperature. Um, you might not be able to eat it if it's set out in these temperatures. When you get into digits this high, you want to make sure that food is properly stored, properly prepared, um, and it doesn't go bad on you. You want to also cut back on things that can sour in your stomach. And when I say yours, I mean everyone in the house. So whereas ice cream or sherbet may be okay, drinking a giant glass of milk might not be the best idea in a heat way. <laughs> a little milk here and there is fine, but let's not overdo it because, you know, yogurts and milks and cheese and things like that increase mucus and can sour inside your body. And if your temperature is higher, it has a higher chance of doing that. Um, also, if you're going to make sandwiches more often, you know, try to veer away from things like lunch meat and all that for your toddler um, when they're first learning, you know, because there's other things you can make that are less dangerous. You know, peanut butter is a great example. Kids can eat that at very young ages. Um, but if you are going to give them something like lunch meat because you want them to have more substance, you know, sustenance, then try to serve it in smaller portions and pieces and get the kind that easily breaks apart even with smaller teeth. You know, like bolognese and things are going to break apart easier than, you know, let's say roast beef. <laughs> so you want to, you know, use a little bit of common sense when picking uh, things for your kid to eat during a, a heat wave. And I'm saying during a heat wave because this may be the time that you are going to have to introduce different foods if they cannot at the moment eat the stuff that you normally cook just because it's too hot. You know, it's too hot or it's too filling. So those are some tricks and tips to help you deal with the heat um, for both yourself and for your children. Um, you know, and I think out of, out of everything I said, the one thing I think is, is really that should stand out and hopefully come back to you every so often is try to have a little fun with it and use the squirt guns, use the water bottles, um, try to keep your tempers under control and find fun things to do that's safe, slow, and in cool spaces, um, the, you know, the more you can control your emotions, the more that you'll be able to get through the heat wave with a lot less um, stress. You don't want to stress yourself out when you're already in, you know, 100 degree weather. Uh, and I think that's about all I have to say about that. And I will catch you on the next podcast. Mm -hmm.